Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast, the teaching ministry of Dr. David Ogaga. For more information, please call 234-803-481-0869 or for free audio downloads, kindly visit www.davidogaga.org. Okay, I want to talk to you this morning on a very simple subject. It's a very simple one. Um, I may continue with it because there are some depths the Lord began to share with me when I began to study this. Uh, first of all, I was speaking to my wife. I said, I don't know what I'm going to share tomorrow in service. And sometimes she just laughed at me and we said, don't talk to me about that. <laughs> uh, but he was trying to say, well, there is something you already said before, some of those things you shared with us. You can just but it's difficult for me. So I sat down and all of a sudden the Lord began to talk to me on this. So I'm going to be dealing with this. It's a very simple thing, but it's very powerful. It's called the power of forgiveness. It's very simple. <laughs> Don't you think so? It's a simple thing, the power of forgiveness. It's very simple. I mean, it's something we talk about every day. Am I right? Praise the Lord. There is something a shrine in forgiveness that I want to be dealing with this few months, season that we are in. Um, you know, Jesus taught the disciples or taught us to pray this prayer in Matthew chapter 6. Is that okay? So let's go to Matthew 6 and then verse 12 in particular is the key thing. Um, you know, our Father which are in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, right, right. You know all of that, isn't it? Alright, now when you get to verse number 12, he says, And forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. No, 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 wait a minute. Forgive us our sins. This King James, right? King James says debt. The word debt equals sin. Now I'm going to explain why debt is that. Debt is something that is, how do I put it? It's, it's, sometimes death is, when you say death, that means they are numerous. It's not just one. So, we have to understand first of all that death equals sin. And so, sin is not just one sin. There are various shades of sin or sinning that we sin against even one another. Is that okay? Right. You keep in malice, you're sinning. You fry in your face, you're sinning. You don't smile at me, you're sinning. There are many. Are you there with me? I don't greet you. And then, are you happy with me? I'm sinning. And there are various shades of what we call omission or commission. Is that okay? Come on, are we together? You don't clean the house when you're supposed to clean the house. You're sinning against the family. Oh, yes. <laughs> A sin of omission, I mean, it's not just about God. The Bible says, if you say you love God and you don't love the one you see, how can you say you love the man that you don't see? Is that okay? So sometimes serving God is equal to serving what? People. Hallelujah. So, he said, forgive us our debts. I was sinning against you. Right? So, sin is represented here as the notion of death, and as our sins are many, they are called here 
depth. Because there are many in various forms. Against God, against man, against the system, against the church. There are many things we do that fall short of God's expectation. Amen? But now, the prayer is, forgive us as we forgive our debtors. That means, the level of forgiveness that we forgive those who sin against us is a measurement that God is going to forgive us with. Are you with me? That means, if I forgive you five times, in quotes, because you are the one praying this prayer, it's a request you are making. It's like saying, Father, I've forgiven this man five times. You forgive me five times. Is that okay? The measure. So, it is like saying, any time you don't forgive, you are saying, God, don't forgive me. I mean, that's what you are saying. I've forgiven five times, you must forgive me five times. I'm holding grudges against this one. You should hold grudges against me. It's a confession. Now, and why is this so serious? Because it's a prayer. So you reverse it and you see what I mean. That means the level of time you don't forgive, you are automatically saying, God, not to do what? Forgive you. Because it's an ask. You together. Forgive us our sin as we. Now, that's the problem there. As we. So, yes. So you are determining the level of forgiveness that God gives to you. Oh, I told you it's a very simple thing. Isn't it? <laughs> you are the one determining how much forgiveness you want to get from God. Because it, God, forgive me my sins as I forgive my brother. So it's like saying, God, if I don't forgive him, don't forgive me. Forgive him two times, forgive me only two times. But yet, the depths are many. Are you seeing that? So sometimes, we are the one that makes it impossible for God not to forgive us. Because we pray this prayer, and we don't live according to this prayer. Hallelujah. As we forgive our debtors. Now, the Jews have this belief that no man should lie down on the bed in the night without forgiving those who hold them in the day. Don't ever. Now, Scripture says that. Let not the sun go down on your anger. Say, don't allow it. So, to the Jews, no. That's their belief. You don't go to bed with a grudge in your heart against anybody. You've got to forgive. Now, think about it. Jesus puts it this way. If you want to offer your gift on the altar, and you just realize that your brother is angry with you, leave the sacrifice. You go make amends. Now the problem now is, it is your brother that is angry with you or offended you. You are the one offended. You are the one that still has to go. I mean, say, what kind of God is this? Because God so loved the world, you offended him, and he sent his begotten son. He's the one still coming to appeal to you, to reconcile. <laughs> you got to be like your brother, I mean your father. Come on, I get what I'm talking about. Is it not men that really offended God? 
Good. Now, did God wait for man to come and make a man? No. What did he do? He sent his son. So, who has offended you? Now, he, he said, you don't go to sleep without offending your heart. Go back to the man that offended you and explain yourself before you go to sleep. So, let not the sun go down on your anger. Because the measure of forgiveness that you have for people, that is the measure of forgiveness God is going to have for you. So, you determine how much forgiveness you want from God. Is it not simple? It's a simple case. <laughs> you are the one that determines it. You are the one that says, God, I, I just want this limit, or I want this much. So, you can set the limit for God by the limit you set as to who has offended you and why you was not forget that individual. You set the limit. Hallelujah. They believe this. The Jews, that the man condemns himself to suffer undue punishment, who make use of his power with revenge and hatred in his heart. And I'm going to share something with you as we progress on the issue of hatred. But I didn't mention that sometime, but I'm going to deal with it fully. Is that okay? And God speaking in his word, he says, I will take this diseases and sickness which you know from the issues and put them upon those that hate you. And that's a powerful scripture. We're going to deal with it. But the point is that if God is taking sickness and, and diseases and putting them upon those that hate you, it simply means when you hate somebody, those same diseases will be attracted to you. So we attract some problems or sicknesses because of the conditions of our hearts. Anyway, that's what I'm dealing with this morning. You know what pastors say? They say, follow me, I'm going somewhere. So I'm going somewhere. Praise God. I just want you to be happy. Okay? See, worshiping God is so easy. It's so easy. If we just understand, it's so easy. Okay, look at verse 14 of Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, verse 14. For if you forgive men their trespasses, can you get what I'm saying now? Your heavenly Father will also forgive you if you forgive men their trespasses. Your heavenly Father will also... Now, I want you to look at those words. Forgive us as we. If you forgive men, your heavenly Father will also... The key word there is word also. Did you see it? That means if you don't forgive, your heavenly Father will also not forgive. The operating word there is word also. Verse 12, the operating word is as we. Then verse 14 is also. Kinsley, are you with me? If forgive men, your heavenly father will also. So now, you see, your forgiveness, so it's not a question of God forgiving my sin, God forgive me. God will say, how many people have you forgiven? It's like you don't need to talk to me to forgive you your sins. Have you forgiven your neighbor? If you forgive them, I forgive you. So the question is, don't approach me for forgiveness. <laughs> because the condition for forgiveness is already there. It simply means, any time you forgive someone, without you praying, your sins are also forgiven. I mean, it's so easy. You don't even need to pray for it. 
Hallelujah. The Lord said, even before you pray, I know. Did the Bible say so? Fine. So why are you bothering God about forgiveness all the time? You know, people say confess your sin, confess. I have no problem with that. You can kneel down seven times, eight times. But man, you kneeling down all of your number of times, kneeling down, praying God for forgiveness. God is asking you a question. How many people have you forgiven? Today. Not tomorrow. Today. How many persons have you forgiven their sins today? Before you approach me. Because your heavenly father will forgive you also. The same measurement of forgiveness you give to men. So if five people offend you in one day, you forgive all the five people in one day, and there were some things you've done that God will be angry with, in quotes, those same number of forgiveness is accrued to your account. In the presence of God you are free. Five times because you forgive five people. The measure. No, but that's what he says. Forgive us our sin as we. Come on, are you following that? And now here I say, for if your heavenly father forgive, you know, say, for if ye forgive men, their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. Now, reverse that. If you don't forgive men, their trespasses, your heavenly father will also not forgive you your trespasses. That's the problem. So, anytime you're holding grudges against people, you're accumulating your own unforgiveness. You're building an account of unforgiveness. I want you to see this. It's a very simple thing. We all pray this prayer every day. We're just looking at it together. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. That's why you must have a very clean heart towards everybody. A very clean spirit. Because you are dealing with God. <laughs> Glory to God. Okay, look at that. Verse 15. But if you forgive not their trespasses, neither will your father forgive you your trespasses. It's very easy. It's the end of the world. If you don't forgive your father, don't approach him where you have not forgiven. Is that okay? You're wasting time. No matter how long or time you're going to spend in praying for forgiveness, God is not going to look at your face. You know, He's not going to bother about you. Because the angels, like we said this morning, maybe, will be there asking the question, but the record we have here, <laughs> don't be reading to you, the record we have here, no, God is telling us to tell you. You still have about five people that you are holding grudges against. So your prayer has not even passed the ceiling yet. Are you there with me? Husband and wife, children in the home, be careful how you relate with one another. You're just accumulating problems for yourself because of somebody. Oh, my husband did this to me. Oh, my wife did this to me. Lunch in Lagos, one, one woman killed the husband during Christmas because of rapper. I mean, it's so crazy. You quarrel to the point of taking the person's life. Huh? So, let's be careful. You're just building up problems for yourself because of one simple spirit of unforgiveness. And then you go back to God and say, God, forgive me. You know, I'm just an ordinary worm. You know, I'm just, I mean, no man is righteous. God is saying, what is all this? Putting scriptures to me. I've given you a simple solution. Go forgive your brother. Go forgive your husband and come to me. 
Even before you come, I've already forgiven you because you've done that. Are you with me? So before you spend all the hours kneeling down and crying in your bedroom for forgiveness, just find a brother around you. Make a man. Don't get to your brother and say, oh, Uncle Francis, I'm sorry about what happened yesterday. Is that okay? And he said, okay, I'll forgive you. And God said, you got a pass mark. Walk free. The prince of the world comment as your final thing in you. Walk free. I swear what I'm talking about. Solutions to spiritual freedom. Simple forgiveness in your heart. Don't hold grudges against anybody. No matter what they've done. Hallelujah. Is it simple? But I'm going to show you something that is so deep about the whole structure. Talk with me to Acts chapter 7. You know, when Stephen was killed, Acts chapter 7, look at it. Verse 56. Let's read from verse 56. Praise God. And so, behold, I said, now, this when they were stoning him. I was trying to get a picture, an image of how Stephen was stoned, but I will give you a background to that. Acts chapter 7, verse 56. And he said, Behold, I saw the heavens open, and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Then they cried out with a loud voice, and stood their ears, and ran upon him with one accord. What do you think they were doing here? You know, they were stoning Stephen. And Stephen just made his statement. Hey, man, I'm seeing Christ standing at the right hand of God. He said, come on, stop it. We don't want to hear that. Why? Because instantly they were saying Stephen is calling for judgment upon them for killing Jesus. Did you get it now? So, you see, it's like you're saying God is going to judge us because we killed Jesus. So we don't want to hear that. It's like saying, the blood we spill is going to judge us. Did you get it? That's why they became so violent at that moment. Alright. Look at verse 58. The Bible says Jesus cast him, I mean, and cast him out, cast who out? Stephen. Out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at the young man's feet whose name was Saul. This is where the story gets more interesting. Verse 59 says, And they stoned Stephen, calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive what? My spirit. But go down to verse 60. And he knelt down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. Very interesting. What did Stephen do? He forgave them. Hmm? Hallelujah. Now, go to the book of Numbers. I give you the picture now. Numbers 15, verse 35. And the Lord said unto Moses, The man shall be put to death, or the congregation shall stone him with stones without a camp, like outside of the city. And all the congregation brought him without a camp, and stony with stones, and he died, and Moses have commanded this is another guy that committed an offense, right? Okay. And they brought the condemnation. What is it? The condemned person without a camp because his crime had rendered him unclean, and whatever was unclean must be put 
without a camp. When they came with, within four cubits of the place of execution, they stripped the criminal. I'm trying to give you some background. If a man leaving him nothing, now this is what they do. If a man commits offense, I was just trying to read some notes there for you. If a man commits offense from this passage, this is what they do. They take you to the outside of the city. They lay hands on your head. It's like your cousin should go with you. Is that okay? And then they strip you naked, remaining or let me be, or whatever. And that's why you find that Christ's clothes were taken away from him. Because he was qualified for death. And then he had to die outside of the city. That's why they told him to Golgotha. Is that okay? It was the law that was being followed. Now, when it comes to this place, most often the place where this thing is done has to be elevated. You know? Then witnesses will stand up to testify that of the truth this man committed this crime. And then they will lay their hands upon him. This you can find in Leviticus 24 verse, verse 14. If you like, you can put it on the board there. Let, let's just read that. Leviticus 24 verse 14. Leviticus. This is what he says. Bring forth him that hath cursed without a camp, and let all that held him lay their hands upon his head, and let all the congregations stone him. The witnesses will come lay hands. They testify. Is that okay? Let him that is cursed. The man that needs to die now. So like Jesus was cursed, as it were, because of mankind, and he was even taken to Golgotha, elevated position. Are you following me? Now, here we go. Turn with me to the book of Acts chapter 14 again. I want to show you a mystery. The power of forgiveness. Hallelujah. Power of forgiveness. Look at verse 18. This is in Lystra. There be Lystra region. The Bible says, And with these things scale restraint. Now, in Lystra, certain things happened and the people were feeling that Paul was from Jupiter and then, you know, they wanted to offer sacrifices unto him. They said there are people from, like aliens, from the outside world. But so now, Paul tried to tell them, No, 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 we are human beings like you. Don't worship us. They wanted to worship Paul. Right? So verse 18. And with these things, scarcely restrain the people that they had not done sacrifices unto them. And there came Thedon, starting Jews from Antioch and Iconium, right? Who persuaded the people and having stoned Paul, threw him out of the city, supposing he had been dead. Praise the Lord. Let me first explain something here. They took him out of the city just like the law says. Did you get that? And when they are stoning you, this is the way it goes. The record has it that they first of all stone your loins. And then, if you have not given up, two men will carry heavy Buddha. And break your skull. Anytime they are stoning you, they are certain that you have to die. Because the world says the wages of sin is what? Death, not partial stoning. Are you getting what I'm talking about? 
We need to follow because this is very important. Praise the Lord. The wages of sin is what? Is death. So, in this context, Paul was qualified for death. And now, the Jews have to execute the law because he's also a Jew. And what was the means by which he had to die? It had to do through what? Stoning. You people need to understand that Jesus was crucified, but that wasn't a method for the Jews to kill people. It was the Romans that crucified people, not Jewish people. Right? And so you find that the Jews, in collaboration with the Gentiles, crucified Jesus. If it was the Jews alone that were supposed to kill him, they would have stoned him to death. But they handed it over to Pilate, who was the Roman governor, and so they have to use the cross, which was the Roman instrument, for killing criminals. Are you following me? And that actually speaks of two major things that Jesus had mentioned that here sometime, and I've taught it extensively in South Africa. Jesus was killed through through major principles, which has to do with religion and politics. The Jews represent a religious set of people. The Romans represent politics. These are the two things that killed Jesus. And these two things that killed Jesus represent the two nations of the world, the Jews and the Gentiles. Are you there with me? And this is why you find that Jesus had to feed 5,000 people with two loaves and five bread. I mean, five, what's that? Come again? And two fishes. Very good. The five loaves, the two fishes, the five loaves speaks of the overcomers, which has to do with the fivefold ministry, because it was barley cake. And barley speaks of overcomers. Wheat speaks of Pentecost. Are you done with me? Uh, I'm spoiling your mind now. Just follow me. So, no, so, so this is the point. Five laws, five or ministry. Is that okay? Two laws, Jews and Gentiles. I mean, the two fishes. Is that okay? Remember, Jesus said, I'm the bread that came down from heaven. How many of you understand that? So he distributed himself to the fivefold ministry, which is an overcoming spirit. You join the overcomers together with the Jews and the Gentiles. You have twelve baskets, which is the fullness of the kingdom of God. Did you get that? That's a miracle there. So now, this is what I'm showing you from this passage. This man was qualified to die. The Jews have to kill him. So they took him outside of the city, and what happened? They stoned him to death. But, when you look at the next verse, which is verse 19, and the Bible says, And there came to the southern Jews from Antioch again, and you can who persuaded the people, and having stoned Paul, drew him out of the city, supposing him to be dead. Verse 20, How be it, as the disciples stood around about him, he rose up and came into the city, and the next day they parted with Barabbas to Derby, from Lystra to Derby. Why did you think Paul rose from the dead? Because Stephen prayed, lay not this sin against your church. So the sins of Paul was already forgiven before he was told to death. 
You do get that? Death could no longer hold Paul because Stephen had done what? Forgiven him. That's the secret. So you know what? When people wrong you, you forgive them. It also comes back to you in such a way that I'll make you see that. Jesus already prayed. Forgive them their sins for they know not what they do. Therefore, there is no sin you commit that will qualify you to die. Stephen forgave Paul. Paul was qualified to die. But because Stephen prayed, Paul rose again. And then you sin, you qualify to die. But because Jesus prayed, no power can cause you to die. I want you to understand this. Are you following what I'm saying now? The power of forgiveness is so tremendous. It's so tremendous. So now the point is this. I'll share a little bit of my fellowship. The point is this. If I forgive you your sins, if I have a sin that qualifies me to die, because I forgive you, death can no longer hold on to me. Are you getting that? It's one of the reasons why we die is because we don't forgive others. Death can only have power when you have unforgiveness in your spirit. Are you seeing this? It's so simple. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So the people were even surprised when they saw Apostle Paul walked back to the city. This is a man that, man, listen to me. The Jews will stone you and leave you half dead. You have to be sure you are dead before they leave you. Have you seen the picture of the ISIS when they try to stone people to death? They don't leave you half dead. They crash your skull. So how come Paul was able to walk out of that place? Let's look at the next verse. I want to show you something. First John chapter 1. Two things that made Paul to come out of that death realm, which you must observe to overcome any kind of death. Even if people are planning to kill you, you're not going to die because you've already forgiven people. Your heart is clean and that thing comes back to you. Life comes back to you once you can observe these two principles that I'm trying to share with you. First John 1 verse 7. But if we walk in the light, as it is in the light, we are fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleans it up from what? From what? Oh, sins. Not some. Now, where is the cleansing? Listen to me. You've been saved. Your sins have been forgiven. Whatever is left to you is cleansed out when you are in fellowship. When you are in fellowship, Kononiah, when you are in fellowship with the brethren, the blood works. You've been saved, fine. But for the blood to walk in your life, to cleanse you from all, not some, you've got to be in church. There are two factors. <laughs> are you there with me? You forgive people, you are in church, death cannot hold on to you. Hallelujah. Let me show you the mystery. Isaiah 65 verse number 8. 
Let's read from the Amplified Translation. Isaiah 65, verse number 8. God says the Lord, as the juice of the grape is found in the cluster, and one says, do not destroy it, for there is a blessing in it, so will I do for my servant's sake, that I may not destroy them all. There is life in the cluster. So if you belong to the cluster, you take life from other people. If you stay alone, you expose yourself to all kinds of attacks. The cleansing power of the blood of Jesus will not be working on you when you are alone on your own without fellowship. But if we come together, the blood of Jesus cleanses us all for all, all are righteous. Hallelujah. That's why you find in 1 Corinthians 11, the Bible talks about those who are weak and sick and are dying because they can't observe the body. What is the body? The body of Christ. They are unable to design the church, which is the body of Christ. They don't understand what the church is. And so they are sick and weak and are what? Dying. Now, if you share fellowship with the brethren, the blood of Jesus does what? Cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Now, when there is unrighteousness, when there is no unrighteousness in your life, which is sin, don't forget, the wages of sin is what? Is death. Now, when the blood cleanses you from all unrighteousness, you're forgiving your brother and your sins are forgiven. Tell me where that's going to come from. So, friends, listen to me. You determine your future. You determine how long you want to live. Hallelujah. Are you with me? So, look at Luke 23, verse 33. Luke 23, verse 33. Am I helping anybody this morning? <laughs> it's a very simple thing. Forgive us our sins as we forgive all those who trespass against us. Praise the Lord. Amen? Very simple. Look at it. 33. And when they were come to the place which is called Calvary, there they crucified him. And the benefactors, one on the right hand and the other on the left. Next verse says, Then Jesus said, or then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they parted his raiment and cast lots for them. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Do you know why he said forgive them for they don't know what to do? Because it was God himself according to the book of Acts that allowed them to crucify him. He was slain before the foundation of the world. They were just merely instruments but they have no understanding of what God was doing. So to forgive them they don't know what they are doing. Hallelujah. And so when this prayer came and forgave them for they don't know what they do. Like I told you before, we were all together when we crucified him. The Jews and the Gentiles, we all team up together to crucify him. So when the prayer came, the prayer affected all of us. Are you there with me? So now if Jesus has prayed for me, for forgiveness, and I accept and I believe it, no power can hold on to me to cause death to come into my life. Did you get that? If Stephen prayed for Paul, and Paul could come out of death. 
I mean the prayer of Jesus is stronger. <laughs> Are you still there with me? So I just want to talk to you this morning to get out of the spirit of fear of death. You are not going to die. If you understand what I'm talking about, death is far away from your tabernacle. Praise the Lord. Jesus said, forgive them. Oh, and I want you to capture that because it's very important. Forgive them for they don't know what they do. So if Jesus forgave me my sin, just like Stephen forgives Apostle Paul. Oh man, I don't see any death coming from anywhere to take hold of me. As long as I'm in fellowship, the blood of Jesus cleans me from all world of righteousness. So, I'm a righteous man before God because I share fellowship with the brethren. Every day, whatever is there that seems to look like a stain, God continues to take it away. As I come to fellowship. Hallelujah. Time is not there, I will show you. Maybe I'll continue from the next week or whatever. But get this right. When the children of Israel were coming from Egypt, in the wilderness, the Bible made us understand that the cloud was there by day and then by night. How many of you have read that before in the Bible? It was a covering, it was a protection from the shield, I mean the sun, and in the night, it gave them light, protect them, so like it was settling them. But there's something I want you to understand. The Bible said those were feeble, those were weak, who were not following the cloud as the cloud was moving. The Amalekites killed them. That means the protection was only within the circle where the cloud was. Those who could not join with the cloud, they were killed by the Amalekites. There's protection in sharing fellowship. There's protection in being the house of God. Hallelujah. That is why may we still continue to dream and they'll be driving the vehicle back here. Nobody got that revelation. Are you there with me? Because you see, there, there are some places God really wants you to be for the sake of your protection. You can't determine who gets back to you. God does that. Come on. Are you following what I'm talking about? So when God gives you to a person, He's asking you to give it. You know what happened? Paul said, you have made many sort of but not many fathers. For in the gospel, I have begotten you. I gave back to you through the gospel. That I become your father. Are you still there with me? And God will not want you to go outside of the protection of your father. I want you to get that. That's why fellowship is so important. If God calls you to a house, stay in that house, be in that house, share fellowship in that house. Don't excuse yourself for being in fellowship. He said, if we share fellowship with one another, the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all, all unrighteousness. So even as we are here now, the blood is at work. Are you there with me? He's doing a cleansing work. And what is the end point of that? The sins are forgiven. God is cleansing you through his blood. Death, I repeat, have no power over your life. This is a mystery. So you see the brethren came together. Number one, Stephen forgave him. Is that okay? Number two, the brethren came together. And life began to flow from the brethren. 
of the Apostle Paul. The next thing Paul rose from the dead. That's a mystery. Are you there with me? So that even all the killings that Paul did before the time of Stephen, they were no longer recorded. They were no longer recorded. They were wiped out. Are you following what I'm talking about now? They were all wiped out. And so when the brethren came together and just surrounded him where he was, can you read the account there? So they came together. It's like they came, they joined their hands together. Looking at the apostle Paul, a life began to flow from the body. The body of Christ. Life was flowing and he said, cleansing was taking place. Sins forgiven, cleansing taking place. The blood of Jesus cleansing from all, all righteousness. And the next thing, life was coming to apostle Paul. And then he stood up and the next thing went to the city. It can be so with you. Come on, stand up. It can be so with you. You just need these two things to live your life. Forgive others as you want God to forgive you. No matter what sins you committed, if only you can forgive other people, God is also out to forgive you.